and welcome back to the Championship Roundtable. I'm your host, Jake Jackman, and you can reach us at the podcast by emailing us at championshiproundtable at gmail.com. Hi, it's Kevin. Yeah, Kevin Markey, editor of Leeds United Match. Um, obviously, we had a good result yesterday and um, not a bad season so far. So enjoying the season up to date. Hi, I'm James Vickers. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers. And I also contribute and write for at Deepdale Digest, which is a Preston North End fan site. Uh, and you can follow them on Twitter at Deepdale Digest. We'll start with making the rounds today, uh, where each of us have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our club this week. We'll start with you, Kevin. A good win yesterday against fellow Yorkshire side Sheffield Wednesday. A big match in the playoff positions. What were your views on that game? Um, yeah, you could tell it was a top clash, fifth against sixth. There was a lot of pressure on the game, um, a lot uh, riding on it. You know, uh, the winner sort of got three points. Um, um, away from the people that are chasing the top six, if you like, really. So it was a, a crucial three points. It was nice to do the double over them as well. Um, and I thought of, of the 90 minutes, even though when they had a lot of possession, especially in the second half, I already can remember really the the, the penalty where they had a had a shot really, and and obviously Green did a superb save. So I thought I thought it was a well deserved three points in the end because Wood took his goal really well. Is on is in cracking form. He's the top league scorer now, along with the Gale with twenty goals. He's having an awesome season. Um, in the last ten games, he scored nine goals, um, and he's he's in tip top form. So hopefully, he can continue that with twelve games to go and push us as far as we can go. Really, uh, for the uh, rest of the season. Yeah, I just want to ask you your, your uh, current views on Leeds and, and the playoffs and the automatic promotion places. Where do you think uh, Leeds will finish now? And, and are you confident of, of getting into the Premier League come May? Um, yeah, obviously you're looking really now at jostling yourself for a good playoff position. Uh, I think top two, even though it'd be lovely to say, you know, we're going to push them all the way. I, I think Brighton and Newcastle have got the top two more or less sealed, in my opinion, or less something really, really dramatic happens, which I can't see. I know our, our home form is amazing at the moment, but I think there's only Brighton with 42 points that have more points than us at home this season. So it's a joy to go to Ellen Road these days. So I'm hoping the last five games at Ellen Road, we only need, somebody says we just need five wins to secure a playoff position. I'm sure we'll do that with our home form anyway. But I think, yeah, you're looking at um, uh, third to sixth position, you know, whether we finish third, it's a possibility, but I think you're looking maybe at fourth or fifth. And I, I'd like, obviously, to get into the player final, but it'd be nice to see who we would end up getting in the in the semis. And it'll be interesting to see if Huddersfield do push the top two for, for the top two slots as well, because they're the form team in the, in the top six with Brighton at the moment, really, I suppose. Uh, but I'd be happy. I mean, this is... We've we've gained more points now this season than we than we did in the whole of last season, the whole of the previous season. We're miles ahead of where Gary Monk probably thought he could take us this season. Um, anything else now is a massive bonus. If we do get promoted, that would be absolutely amazing. If we don't, we've I think we've got a good shot of automatic next season as long as we can keep obviously Monk and the playing squad that we have at the moment because it's an awesome team. Might not be the best team in the league. I think we've got one of the best spirits amongst the players that are absolutely fighting for each other. And that you could tell by their reactions at the end of the game, it was a massive 
three points yesterday. Um, it was like it was like winning the player final. The atmosphere was so electric at the end. It was, you know, you think we'd made it already, but um, I, I dread to think what it'd be like in a real life situation in the playoff semi when we do get a, a, some a result like that because it's it's going to be uh, a fantastic atmosphere even more so than yesterday. I should imagine. And moving on to Preston now, James, you, you got a good win yesterday as well, and, and you're moving closer to those playoff positions, even if that a bit of a gap still does exist. What are your thoughts on Preston and, and the playoff positions at the moment? Do you think that's a realistic aim still? Yeah, I'd like us to carry on pushing for it as long as it's sort of achievable. Um, obviously, we're still six points behind, so it's good that Leeds did us a favour yesterday by beating Sheffield Wednesday. So hopefully we can continue to close that gap. We've got a big game at Fulham next week, which I think they're a point above us uh, and two places above in the league. So that's a real sort of six-pointer for which team wants to push on to get into the playoffs. Um, As far as yesterday, though, another good home win against QPR. We seem to be, although we're winning games at home, just making it a little bit difficult for ourselves to concede in like the first goal and early goals. But having said that, again, we were brilliant yesterday at home. Um, if we want to push on for the playoffs, we just need to sort out the away form. We've had two nil-nil uh, draws against Wigan and Barnsley and then a defeat against Cardiff in our last three away games. So going into the game against Fulham next weekend, it's vital that if we want to push for the playoffs that we take something from that game. But yeah, yesterday... Um, Another good win, 2-1 against QPR, as I said. McGeady, again, absolutely fantastic. He's, you can tell he's head and shoulders our best player, and he's, he's probably a bit too good for this division, um, but doesn't seem to get a look in at Everton. Quite a lot of Everton fans were kind of glad to get rid of him on loan for the rest of the season to us, and I think he's out of contract there in the summer. So it'll be interesting to see if we could keep hold of him, or I'd have no doubt a, a low-half Premier League team or top half championship team would uh, be more than willing to take him on just simply because of how he's kind of dragging us at the moment um, so we're really lucky to have him at the moment uh, the other goal scorer is John Newgill I've said on this podcast countless times how much I rate that lad uh, that was his eighth for the season now and he uh, whenever he gets a chance apart from missing the penalty at Wigan last weekend he seems to snap it up and he's uh, he's finally come good for us this season after spending long periods of his time with us on the bench he's really filled that role that Joe Garner left when he went to Rangers in the summer so yeah can't can't be happier at the moment and hopefully it uh, carries on and ends up in a, uh, a serious playoff push you mentioned uh, the match next weekend which is obviously going to be a huge game with Fulham battling for those playoff places as well but after that you've got matches against Derby, Reading, Blackburn, Nottingham Forest, Bristol City and Although a couple of those look tri- tricky on the face of it. There's nothing there that Preston shouldn't be confident of beating with, with Derby sort of stuttering and Reading. You know, Reading are the team I've always talked about that I, I don't really think are that good uh, and their performance at Brighton sort of backed that up yesterday. So I, I think you should be fairly confident. And, and out of those six games, if you take maybe win four of those, you're going to be in a good position. Do you, do you think that the next six games it, it ultimately what's going to define your season? Yeah, I was saying to my mate yesterday, I'd rather us really have a go for it now and finish sort of lower half of mid-table 
um, the not have a go finish ninth or tenth and and wonder what could have been. So as you said, there's plenty of winnable games against their um, sort of their the Blackburn one especially. Um, I think we took just shy of seven thousand there last season. So we'll have a, a great away following again this season there with it being a local derby. And with the way they're going at the moment, there's obviously a good chance to try and put a nail in the coffin to to send one of your local rivals down. So, yeah, the, the next few games, especially the Fulham one in particular, are, are shaping up to be almost mini cup finals. I know it's cliche to say, but if we want to be pushing for the playoffs, these are the games that we need to be picking up points in. And moving on to Newcastle now, um, Kevin alluded to it earlier. He, he talked about Huddersfield being the form team and uh, but still thinking that Brighton and Newcastle finished in those two top two places. There was a little bit of change in that yesterday in, in that, you know, at, at half time, Huddersfield were winning and we were losing to Bristol City. And if that carries on, it would have been a complete game changer, I think. But luckily for us, it, Huddersfield, you know, conceded the equaliser to Bardsley and we managed to get two goals back. It was not our best performance, and it is not surprising that we've dropped more points at home. It's, it's classic Newcastle. We we do this. We're, we're at home against teams that we should be, and we drop points. And it has happened again. It's happened too many times this season, and it's it's a little bit of a worry. We've not really polished it up. And, you know, coming into the last 13 games of the season, it's something that we need to work on. We can't afford to drop too many more points at home in, in matches such as this. You know, we, we've got that five-point gap, and, and it's, it looks a lot... But we've got our next three games now. We've got away away games against Brighton, Reading, and Huddersfield. Like if we, if they go badly, the table's going to look completely different. I mean, I don't think they will. I'm not, I'm not going to say it. I, I, we'll get away from home. We've got Rafa Benitez. He knows what he's doing. Like we're not going to go and lose three matches away from home against these sides. I just can't see that happening. But it's a little bit concerning at the moment. And and a win yesterday was was important to sort of relieve those nerves. But it didn't happen. We started awfully. Uh, Bristol City took two chances that came their way. The second was a mistake from from Paul Dummett or Carl Darlow, depending which school of thought you're in. Probably Dummett's fault more than Darlow's, but it was another individual error. We've been making a few of them recently. And the first goal is a little bit of offside about it, but it's difficult to, to to blame that entirely. We just didn't look at it. We didn't look like the same team that beat Villa <coughs> during the week, which which... You know, we played well then. It wasn't that wasn't a great performance either, but we didn't look like we were going to concede, and we got goals when we needed to. So, I, w- I expected a similar sort of thing yesterday, but it didn't happen. We, we dropped points. Mm. I love, I love, I love the way Shelby was taking credit for nearly all the goals that were scored yesterday, Jake. Didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he was pretty, he was, he was pretty important, but yeah, he was, it was. <laughs> But it, for me, it was, it was good that we sort of got back. If we had lost yesterday, it would have been the worst possible way to go into those three matches. But we got back. We got we got the draw. Probably should have won it as well. We had so many chances. Uh, There's definitely two points dropped, like Benita said. Even though we got back from 2-0 down, there's definitely two points dropped. Um, and it's that winning. We need to keep that sort of winning mentality. I th- winning mentality that Benita brings because it's, it's clear that we, we've lost that somewhat. But, you know, we going to Brighton on Tuesday, I'm... Yeah, it's a game I'm not really looking forward to, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, we'll, we'll move into the topics for today now. Uh, to start with, I just want to ask you about the standard of refereeing in in the championship because among Newcastle fans, they say it's a bit of a it's a bit of a hot topic because we've not really had <laughs> our fair share of decisions. Whatever you may think uh, of mm. your own individual teams or what you may think of, uh, we're all biased towards our own teams for sure. But I, if I think Reading and Brighton have have had something like 15 penalties between them. And I think Newcastle have had one. 
And I can't believe that that's a fair reflection of who the amount of penalties that should have been given. That's just one <laughs> one part of refereeing, of course. Uh, but I, I always feel like we Newcastle haven't had their fair share. I'm not sure why it is, it, but that's that's sort of my view. I just want to know what you think of, of, of the standard and, and any changes that could be made to improve it. I'll start with you, Kevin, on this one. Yeah, do you want to keep the language clean on this one, Jay, then? Yeah. <laughs> yes, please, as, long, <laughs> as much as you can. Well, we had Mike Jones yesterday, obviously. He's supposed to be one of the top premiership referees. And uh, for some reason... Um, the league think, you know, if it's a big game like Leeds Wednesday or if it's a playoff, playoff sides are playing each other, they should get a, a premiership referee to officiate. I don't know why why the thinking is behind that. Because um, he, he wasn't that brilliant yesterday himself, I didn't think. He, was give, he gave away, uh, he gave a penalty to Wednesday that, OK, if you looked at it closely, the, the Hutchison was dragging Dakara back a little bit. Uh, but Dakara shouldn't have done what he, sh- he did do because obviously the referee must have saw that bit and gave the penalty, but he didn't see what Hutchinson was doing a split second before that. And obviously the O'Kane incident with Hutchinson again, look, such a lovely fellow, the bottom from Chelsea. He loves Leeds, I think. Um, he didn't even touch the ball and he brought O'Kane down. No penalty. So amazing how he, you know a premiership referee will be standing and the premiership... Um, Assistance missed that completely, and like a few seconds later, we could, you know we we could have been two 0 up and coasting really because um, Wednesday didn't have a shot on target the whole game. Then literally seconds later, they go upfield and get get a penalty to make it one one, and for them to equalise uh, at that stage of the game would have been a total injustice. And who knows what would have happened in the last sort of what twenty twenty five minutes after that. So. I thought for a premiership referee, I thought it was very poor. His book, some of his bookings were stupid as well. Um, and having said that, he's no better than the normal of, uh, officials that uh, officiate our games anyway. Through the football league, there's a lot of uh, um, poor refereeing in in the uh, in the football league. I think overall, um, but like you said, Jake, you're bound to be biased towards your own team because it's human nature. I'm sure the Wednesday fans probably weren't happy with him either yesterday, but uh, I, I don't see why they should, you know, be allowed to to step down and officiate the football league from the Premiership because they don't understand. It's a it's a, it's a total different game in the Championship compared to the Premier League, and what 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 might be a foul in the Premier League not necessarily is a foul in the Championship because it's totally different. You know, the, the the I think the football is completely different to what it is in the higher league. So uh, I've got mixed views on refereeing this season, and obviously. Overall, you can't, we can't complain. Uh, we, we don't get many penalties either, as as it was proved yesterday as well. Uh, but overall, you know, it, um, I think Premiership referees should just stick to Premiership football and just let the Football League officials officiate the um, the Football League games. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. Uh, it's, it happened before with Mike Dean, didn't it? He came down mm. and refereed a Championship game a few weeks ago, and he gave he made a wrong decision in that. And I think it, I think it's a fair point. Um, yeah. One more point. One point I'd like to make is the way they sort of give officials matches. Mm. I, that's one of the problems I've had because this, this is very recent. I only just re- I saw this a couple of hours ago. But that the referee for the Brighton Newcastle game is actually a Huddersfield fan, <laughs> uh, and like <laughs> that that just doesn't make sense. Like if you're going to appoint, like is, is, that, so ge- is that, like that genuine though? Jay? Is it actually been proven that he is a town fan, or is it just one of these? 
rumors that get scattered uh, I, about. I'm not. I'm not going to. 100 yeah. percent back it but he, he yeah. i i definitely have i've definitely have evidence that he re- <laughs> I, I definitely have evidence he refereed in the huddersfield right. local league that's where he started so uh, yeah. it's a, maybe it's a short jump to make that some that some you know people have made but if, if that is true then it is kind of concerning but what, what are your thoughts on sort of the referee and james yeah well as kevin can uh can probably sort of back me up on having been down in League One as well, the same as Preston have. Uh, the championship yeah. tends to be better. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. it's uh, it's amazing, the standard, but having seen sort of some of the, the referees we had when we were down in League One, who literally, you you could put them on a Sunday League pitch and it, they'd sort of be right at home. That's sort of the standard that we were sort of dealing with down in the uh, in League One. Um, but having said that, um, you're always going to be biased to your own team. We got a really soft penalty at Wigan um, last week, which we subsequently missed anyway. So it's probably a fair reflection. But with the amount of money that's coming into the championship now, I think there's, there's ways to go about improving the standard of refereeing i think mm. with with uh, goal line technology for one coming into the premiership and the amount of money that's now floating around in the championship it can't be sort of far off really before we see sort of improvements like that that'll help the referees out um and just general i'm not sure how you go about it but yeah as i said with the amount of money that's floating around there's got to be sort of serious improvements made especially with sort of the caliber of teams in the championship nowadays it's completely changed how it was sort of 10 years ago you got you know your likes of newcastles and, and your leads is down in the the championship now who are sort of not in position at the moment but they are massive clubs who you know deserve to be in the premiership so as, as that carries on and obviously more people start to watch the championship there needs to be something done um to improve the standard of officiating uh, and make their job a little bit easier as well at the same time so it's quite easy to get on a referee's back but at the end of the day they've probably got the hardest job on the football pitch so i can kind of cut them some slack a little bit but you know we've you can only go sort of so far as to back them you've got to actually sort of do something to help them as well can I just mention also that obviously last season Anthony Taylor, uh, who officiates in the football league on occasion, he did the Wednesday Leeds game at Hillsborough last season. I don't know if you saw it or remember it, but uh, we scored a goal um, to make it t- to bring it back to two one, and with about fifteen minutes to go. But whilst whilst we were scoring the goal, Forest Theory was being substituted, and he was still walking off the pitch. So obviously all the Wednesday players and officials went through their arms up in the air and said, well, he's still walking off the pitch and he just allowed to go. So Taylor had a chat with his assistant, realised his error and thought, yeah, you're right, it's no goal. Even though I've given the goal, I'm not going to give it because yeah, he hasn't walked off the pitch. And that's such a fundamental Sunday league error. <laughs> if it happened on a Sunday league park, you'd be tearing your hair out but it's happened in a, a, a top tam- championship game and it, that those sort of things shouldn't be happening at all why didn't he just ensure that the guy had walked off the pitch I know he was making a meal of walking off anyway because he was sort of rubbing it into uh, our noses in the fact that we were 2-0 down but it just goes to show that you know he's it, it, sort of saying well I do top games every week in week out this this game you know doesn't mean anything to me and he, he seemed quite blasé about it all and his, his sort of overall demeanour you know, didn't really suit that particular game. So he, he, he thought, I'm doing this game as a favour. You know, I shouldn't really be here anyway. I should be doing a top, a top game in the, in the Premier League. So you always seem to get that impression that 
they think they're far too good for the games that they're doing anyway, and they shouldn't be in that position. It's like they're being demoted for a week because they're getting punished for something they did in the in the Premier League. But if they if they did, you know, simple things like that, like a guy walking off the pitch getting substituted, I mean, that's a that's a basic sort of thing to do. If they get the, those things right, then obviously they'll get everything else right. But it just goes to show that you know it, you just lose faith in in their decision making. Yeah, I'll, I'll raise you a decision that I saw earlier in the Newcastle game this season. I, I saw an offside awarded uh, in in their own half of the pitch. I think it was the opposite. I can't remember which position yeah. it was now. But they, they, they played a ball through and their striker was thrown goal. Yeah. And he started in his own half of the pitch, but they gave it offside. It's so sort of, it's very amateurish, some of the decisions mm. that I've seen. And as, as bad, as, you know, as critical as, as people can be of the Premier League referee, you don't really see that there. But I, I think it... it to get the best officiating in the championship, you have to raise the level of officiating across all leagues. Like it has to be, you can't just focus on one league. It's, you have to focus no. on the Premier League. Well, they are in discussion with each other all the time, these officials, aren't they? So all, all I have to take for that guy, uh, for somebody to say to the referee, actually, is onside. He shouldn't have, um, you know, blown your whistle or whatever. And then he, he just says, oh, he sticks his hand up and says, yeah, I got it that, I got it wrong. Or just like, play continue then d- decide afterwards if it was offside or not you know it's they work with each other week in week out now like a team don't they so that the, everybody should know each other quite well so i don't know why they can't communicate really well on the pitch as well when, when vital decisions are being made what well, one thing i will say is that, that they yeah I, i'd agree with that completely but like they they are they are trying to improve things that, that, is it is it goal line technology coming to the championship next season but i think i, I, read that. I think yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I've read that. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a good step, and I'm sure, what you know, whatever with video technology, if that ever comes in, I'm sure that will get taken across all leagues. So it, it's def- it's a definitely an area to, to look at, but it's, it's exactly the same as it's been for years. So we're we're all going to be critical of referees. You you easy. just want you just want penalty decision technology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally I'm going to put it out there right now. I'm convinced Bright- Brighton will have a penalty on Tuesday night. I'm convinced of it. I'm putting it out there right now, and if it happens, well, yeah. I'm, they had two I'm against convinced. us. When they beat us down there, they had two against us. So, yeah, they seem to be, be quite happy taking penalties down there, yeah. Yeah, this, this referee, is, I think he's given three penalties in his last six matches. He's taken charge of Newcastle, so there's definitely going to be a penalty on Tuesday. Uh, but we'll move on to the second topic today now. Which player has surprised you most this season at your club, uh, either in terms of what they've achieved, if it's more than they've done in the past, or you know how much they've improved, if, if there's a player that's particularly improved a lot and proven you wrong uh, of what you thought of them before. We'll start with you on this one, James. Uh, is there anybody at Preston that has surprised you somewhat? I think the obvious one to go with is uh, is Aidan McGeady. I, I know I sound like a stuck record coming on praising him most Are you weeks. His age, um, James? Yeah. Oh, well, I wish yeah, I'd be getting <laughs> some serious money in the summer. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. Having spoken to a few Everton fans, I know when we signed him, um, it didn't fill me with a lot of hope. He seemed almost like a luxury player, which when you're you know when you're sort of around the middle of the championship, that's not the kind of player that you really want. But fair play to him since he's come in, he's. He's got his head down and Grayson, I don't know if it has something to do with Grayson. I mean, he got the same out of Beckford when we signed him when we were down in League One and he single-handedly took us up. Um, and we had Bolton fans telling us that, oh, thank God we've got him off our off our wage bill. He's useless. And it's been the same with McGeady to some extent. He, uh, he just seems to, something's clicked and he's getting back to that player that he used to be and uh, 
that that most people remember him as that kind of player. Um, and he's been, yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic since he's come in. He's, I can't remember the exact figure, but he's been involved in about sort of a half of our goals in in the last five, six games. Um, the other one that I've wrote down is uh, Greg Cunningham. He was uh, player of the season for us last season in his first year with us. And obviously going into your second season, it's hard to keep that form up and continue to impress the fans. But again, this season, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And if it wasn't for McGeady, he uh, would probably be our player of the year again. Um, I've been trying to think all day for players that have sort of disappointed this season and the only one I can really think of, but it's kind of not fair to him because he's had quite a lot of injuries this season. It'd be Beckford. The only real times he's played, he had the two red cards in two games, or I say two games, they were both coming on as a sub and within about a minute or two of him coming on. So that's the only player that I can really think that's disappointed a little this season, but for how good he's been for us in his time. And then I know he has had quite a few injuries this season. So he's obviously, when he's come back, he has been eager to impress. And it's just sort of finding that balance with him. Uh, he's coming back fit now and he's sort of starting to, to get a little run back in the team now coming off the bench. So hopefully he can get back to the form that he was showing when we were down in League One, which which got us promoted. Yeah, the same question to you, Kevin. Is there anybody that has surprised you at Leeds United this season? I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have improved since the last yeah. regime under Gary Monk. Yeah, well, the whole team surprised me, really. I, I never thought we'd be in a player position at this time. Of, of You're looking at February now. I, I, I thought we'd be miles away from the playoffs, to be honest with you. I thought it would be just a, a, a season of consolidation, as they say, when a, a new coach comes in, not knowing how long he's going to be there with the regime that we've had recently. But Gary Monk obviously has been a great acquisition um, for me, um, and he's improved all the players that he's got. Luke Herring probably is the standout man, even though obviously Chris Wood's a total different animal this season because he's actually scoring goals on a regular basis, like a, a centre forward of his sort of standing should be doing really. But Luke Herring, yeah, yesterday against Wednesday, he had 79 touches, 10 clearances, four successful take-ons, two interceptions. Outstanding as usual. He might have had one or two bad games here and there, but you can't really remember remember those because he's, he's been so awesome. Uh, it only cost, what, about half, just over half a million quid um, at the start of the season from Bristol City. Bristol City fans... Allegedly, we're glad to see the back of him because he couldn't get in, he couldn't get into his position at right back anyway, um, and they were quite pleased to see him go. Um, but like a lot of players, have been at a club for a while. I suppose when you go to a new club, you can sort of um, you get re-energised. I suppose, and you can't believe that a player like him couldn't get into a Bristol City team. But he's been outstanding for us all season. He's, he's kept Berardi out of his normal position, but, but Berardi's done really well at left-back in, in place of Charlie Taylor. So they're both playing well. But Ailing for me, is absolutely awesome. You know, he, He's got the fighting spirit you expect from a full-back. And not only that, he goes forward a lot as well and creates chances. The only thing lacking with him, really, is the odd goal or two. Uh, it'd be nice to see him get a, a couple of goals. Cause you, you, you love to see your full-backs scoring goals because they're, they're just as <laughs> excited and as amazed as you are when they score. So it'd be lovely to see him get a goal before the season finishes. But for me, yeah, he's, he's the guy that sort of stands out. And that, he's not far away from being one of the players of the season for me, really, because even though Janssen's been taking the... 
headlines, rightly so, because he, he transformed the team when he came in. He's brought the best out of Luke Ayling. He's brought the best out of Kyle Bartley. Uh, Berardi's outstanding playing at left-back. So, yeah, um, if, you had to, if you had to sort of really twist my arm, I'd say Luke Ayling was the, the real standout of the season. For Newcastle, uh, as you'd expect, there's a couple that have surprised me since since getting get relegated last season. Uh, it's always good sometimes for for players to drop down a division and um, you know just get their form back and get their confidence back and and get them get themselves back into the team. Uh, last time we came down, uh, a few players did it then, and and this year again, it's hap- it's happened with a few. Uh, the main one that I'd probably talk about is Johan Gufran. Um, He's been at the club for sort of three and a half, four years, and he he started really well. He was a very a threat from the wing, um, got a few goals. Then he sort of became just he became a bit of nothing. He he didn't really do anything. He was sort of there. Um, he fell out. He didn't. He um, he dropped out of the team under Pardew, and then didn't really get back into it under McLaren. He was sort of playing reserve team football. Being, uh, his name was being touted all around France, trying to get him a move back there. And nothing happened. And then the summer again, we tried to sell him, and we couldn't get him off the wage but You, you know, when, when you give a player a big a big deal, that they don't really want to leave, and it's difficult to get them off your books. But he he stayed, and but he is integrating back into the into the squad, and, and he he's really he's really done well. He he could never fault his effort. Um, sometimes he can be a bit, little bit disappointing with it, with it, with what he does, but you can never fault him for his effort. And he's been been a relative mainstay uh, in our team on the left hand side. He he works back hard. He you know keeps keeps it solid down the left hand side. He, he does score a few goals. I think he's got five or six, maybe even seven championship goals this season, which isn't a bad return for for a winger, uh, especially considering most of our attacks go down our right hand side. He's sort of a peripheral figure most of the time when we do play, but he he's really worked his way back in, and that's been really pleasing. He's probably going to leave at the end of the season as he his contracts up. But he's he's done excellently this season, and when he does go, he's definitely going to be remembered fondly for what he has done this year. Um, improved, I'd probably say Paul Dummett has improved quite a lot at left back, despite making a mistake yesterday. He's been rel- uh, gen- uh, gen- generally solid in every game, um, and if we do go back up, I think he'd probably be fine in the, in the Premier League. He's not he's he's not he's doesn't provide many frills down the left hand side. He's not really a flying fullback, but he does a job. But he's he's pretty steady, and, and he's a Geordie. So you got, got to give him credit for what he's done. And it, it's good to see you know somebody has come through your academy in your starting eleven most weeks. But we'll we'll move on to player watch now. Uh, just to, if you'd like to mention a player that has, has played well and disappointed in your most recent fixture. If you struggle with either, you could talk about a player from the opposition as well. Uh, we'll start with you, Kevin. Yeah. <clears throat> The obvious one, really, obvious candidate is Chris Wood. He's, he's in amazing form for us as a positive. He's the only fit striker we've got, really, that, that scores goals on a regular basis. So it was sort of funny looking at the Wednesday team yesterday when they got about five strikers, uh, including Carter Hooper, who was out of action at the moment, um, and not one of them had a shot on target. It, it was quite funny, and then he gets his chance and tucks it away. So Chris Wood is improved massively this season. Uh, I think that's all down to the coaching of Gary Monk, Pep Clotet and uh, James Beatty, who obviously was a good, decent striker himself in his day. He's improved massively this season and uh, hopefully he'll go on to get 30 goals at least this season um, if, and take us off, 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 uh, hopefully to a playoff uh, 
f- final. Uh, this guy doesn't really disappoint me as, as such, but I think he's got to pick and choose when to play him, really. Pablo Hernandez had a really bad game at Ipswich last week, but when you look at the pitch, I don't think it was suited for his type of play, really. He's, he'll he to glide a lot, uh, sort of on the pitch and do his nutmegs and do his 40-yard balls and stuff, and he had no chance of doing that at Ipswich against a, a Mick McCarthy team. So I think Gary made probably made an error there, sort of picking him, because when we played Blackburn at the beginning of uh, February, he came on as a second-half sub, and he, he had a decent 45 minutes, but the pitch there wasn't that good either. So I think he's got to be selective on when he picks Hernandez. I know he's a, he's a quality player, he's, he's a luxury player as well. And on his day, for me, he's one of the best um, uh, players to watch in the, in the championship. He sort of turns it on and he's, he's really good. But I think he's got really now, we've got Birmingham coming up. If he, if you look at their pitch um, recently as well, he doesn't look a, a great footballing pitch. So I think he's got to pick and choose with Pablo when he, when he plays him because we've got enough midfield cover to step in, we've got Roof, who, who can do a good job in the number 10 position. And he did well when Hernandez was injured earlier, um, around about Christmas time. He had a few games in the number 10 position and he, he did really well. So I think he could maybe mix and match a little bit with Roof and Hernandez for certain games. Um, and obviously, hopefully, Chris Wood will just keep um, putting away the chances that he's been doing all season. So um, long may that continue for the next sort of 12 games or... 15 games, how many games it'll be, I don't know yet. Yeah, the same question to you, James. Who impressed and disappointed in Preston's win over QPR? Uh, I'll start with impressed. I thought Alan um, Brown, who came into midfield, he um, was a mainstay in our team last year, really, when we sort of just signed Ben Pearson, but before he sort of found his feet. He came back in yesterday. He's been coming in the last couple of games with uh, Paul Gallagher being injured and he's sort of really impressed me the last few games. Having been out of the team quite a bit this season, it'd be easy for him, you know, to, to let his head go down and and let that affect his performances. But he came in yesterday and was absolutely fantastic replacing Ben Pearson. He's not the same player as Pearson. Pearson's more of a ball winner and can make things happen. Brown is... While he's physical, he's a bit more of a get the ball and sort of give it and sort of playing between the lines kind of player. But he he did a fantastic job yesterday, just breaking up play in the centre of midfield and really impressed me. The other one who impressed me yesterday as well, actually, was uh, Greg Cunningham, who who I mentioned earlier. Got an assist. He he tends to get quite a lot of assists for us. Um, Grayson has kind of started playing a three at the back now, which is sort of creeping into the English game with uh, Conte at Chelsea sort of most famously trying it this season and he, he was good last season at left back Greg Cunningham but at that left wing back he he seems to have, have found his niche really he's great going forward and and solid at the back as well and that wing back role really suits him um so yeah they've been the two that impressed me as far as um players that disappointed it's hard to choose when you win a game but the, sort of the two that I'd, and I'm not criticising them, um, but they were kind of at fault for the goal. It'd be Paul Huntington and Tommy Spur, the two centre-backs. It was uh, a long throw from by the corner flag and they both sort of dived into the ball and missed it. Fair play to Luwalua, though. The um, the QPR striker, it was a great finish. He kind of sort of scooped it round from behind him and into the bottom corner. But two experienced centre-backs at this level should really, between one of them, 
be sort of mopping up that before the chance even gets to Lawalawa. They sort of Huntington dived in first and then Spur was kind of caught in no man's land then behind Huntington. But yeah, not having a go at them because they've both been fantastic this season. Huntington in particular, who again, like Brown, was out of the team last year. And he's come back in in the last few weeks as we've had a few injuries in defence and he's been fantastic. He's sort of everything you want in a defender. He, he's uh, used to play for Newcastle, so I'm sure you're aware of him, Jake, but he's uh, sort of a really passionate lad. He's, he's always, and, and Leeds as well, James. It was them, oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't yeah. forget that as well. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he's, he's always one of them who's kissing the badge at the end of the game. And mm. while you get sort of players doing that and you, you can kind of tell that they're kind of putting it on for the fans, Huntington looks like he genuinely means it. He's probably the most passionate player we've got. And... Whenever he comes in and does well, um, sort of most fans, you sort of struggle to find a Preston fan who doesn't want him to do well for us. He's he's been great since we signed him from Yeovil, going back about three, three and a half years ago now. And yeah, not having to go at him at all, but you know, experienced centre back like that should really be dealing with it. But you know, we won two one and and we move on from that. Yeah, I think I remember him scoring a goal against Tottenham for Newcastle. If if I'm not mistaken, it was either Tottenham or Manchester United. He definitely scored a goal in quite a big game. Like he was he, he was quite a good young player. It's good to see him doing doing relatively well at Preston. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, moving on to our us yesterday, uh, pretty easy to pick some disappointments. Not many people played as well as they can do. Uh, the main one will probably be Jack Colback. He's he's good away from home. Very good away from home. I, I was quite impressed with him. Uh, where we played, I think it was Derby, and he played well at Ellen Road as well, I think. So he definitely does quite well on the road. But it's at home; he can be a little bit, he can sort of restrict the team because it's we need to dominate the ball and we need to create chances. And he's not really that type of player, and he struggles when 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 we're against smaller teams. So maybe we should look at that. The moment we brought Diarme on uh, for him, and we played a bit more of an attacking lineup, we scored, I think, two minutes later. Uh, and although that can be a bit of a coincidence, I'm not really surprised that happened. <laughs> Colback is, yeah, he's he's not too great when in matches like that, and and it showed. Uh, Paul Dummett as well was a little bit disappointing, made the mistake for the second goal, and I think that's the that was the goal that sort of killed killed off our chances of winning. I think if we if it stays at one 0 we we probably go on and win that game. But yeah, we we got back in it. The, the player I'd like to praise is Matt Ritchie. He was absolutely superb. He he just works so hard. Whenever he gets a ball, he doesn't give it away. He is just an incredibly good footballer, and, and I'm so happy we've got him at Newcastle. Uh, I had my doubts about him when we signed him. I thought um, maybe he wouldn't be able to you know progress where we want to go, and it was sort of a, a lot of money for what would be a short-term signing, but I don't have those concerns. Though. He's a very good footballer uh, and should be playing in the Premier League every week. He doesn't have the pace. He's not that dynamic. But he create he creates so many chances. He's, his movement's exceptional. He, he works very hard. He's so passionate as well, which which is always nice to see. And, and he played very well yesterday. Um, so yeah, the, and and I guess I I'll, I'll give a little shout out to uh, Kieran Clark as well, who got, who got the equaliser. He he's always a threat from set pieces. It's good to see him finally get a goal again. But we'll move on to match previews now. Uh, I think Newcastle are the only team to have a game in the week, so we'll we'll start there. We we've got a we've got a trip to Brighton, which is not. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that at all. Um, if we lose that, we go four points behind them, and 
although it's still very there's still a long long way to go it's not going to be nice if we do go do go four points behind them i watched them against reading yesterday they were very good um you know took their chances when they came although i think red it, it says more about reading being uh worse than, than their league possession rather than how good brighton were uh, i'm not a big fan of reading so but yeah bright bright brighton could be full of confidence they've literally got nothing to lose here if if they lose they you know they can point to newcastle having so much more money spent and, and things like that it's 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 they can't i can't see them they can't lose and and but I just don't can't call this game. Um, it depends on the Huddersfield ref, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> it massively depends. He's going to get a penalty <laughs> to ruin. <laughs> nah, I, it, I think it depends a lot on Dwight Gale. Uh, Rafa said after the game yesterday that Gale, uh, it's up to him whether he wants to travel to Brighton, which is a bit of a weird comment because I'm pretty sure it's down to Benitez whether he travels to Brighton. But we'll, we'll see. I think if Gale plays, we've got a very good chance. I, uh, it, it would be classic Newcastle to draw to Bristol City and then beat Brighton. I'm not going to predict that. I, I think it's going to be a game with probably a goal. Both teams will score uh, and it will probably finish 1-1 and do nobody any favours. But, you know, so as long as we don't lose to Huddersfield or, or Brighton in our next two games, I think we've relatively sealed up the, one of the top two spots. And then we could go beat Reading after that. But yeah, I'll say one all. I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. I will be going to the game because I do live in Brighton, so it's kind of handy for me. But I, I'm not excited for this at all. I, I, I'm convinced we're going to lose. <laughs> but it's I'll, great. I'll predict... It's a Newcastle fan, isn't it, to be living in Brighton? <laughs> yeah, the, the country. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But no, nah, I'm not confident. Oh. I just don't really like talking about this game. I'll say one all <laughs> and, and not put myself uh, and not be too confident about it. I'll say, it's, I'll say it's one quite... It's, an, it's a win-win for you, Jake. And with you living in Brighton, obviously Brighton must be your second team, I suppose, as well. Uh, they were last season. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much this year. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, we'll move on now to, to your game, James. Next weekend, you've got a tough game against Fulham. Uh, I know I spoke to Russ about this a, a couple of days ago. He's pretty confident. So what, what, is, what is your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, I uh, I actually spoke to Russ a few days ago as well. We've uh, got him doing a piece for uh, Deepdale Digest um, opposition overview. So we've had a chat to him as well. So he seems quite confident. The only sort of good thing, I suppose, from our end is uh, Piers on um, won't be playing for them. I think he broke his jaw yesterday and has had surgery yesterday as well. Um, so he'll be out. But, you know, they've, they've got a great team full of um, players like Tom Kearney as well. All just... Uh, Causes no end of problem, I'd imagine. Um, it's it's a weird one, really. Normally, I'm I'm more confident, sort of the way we set up away from home. But with two draws in in our last two away games, both been nil nil. Um, it's not filling me with confidence. Our home form, sort of strangely for us, has been the better of the two at the moment. Um, but having said that, we've we've only been beaten the once in the last ten games, so we go into it in in good form. Um, and Fulham away is our annual gentry day as well, where we sort of all Preston fans dress up in suits and bowler hats uh, with the sort of the idea of remembering Preston fans who've who've passed away in the previous year, or or if anyone has any friends or family who aren't necessarily Preston fans as well. So it's a really good day out for the fans, and uh, one that we sort of look forward to uh, when it gets announced sort of around Christmas time. So there'll be plenty of fans travelling down. Um, and hopefully, you know, we're in good form. So Fulham, um, it's kind of, we've got nothing to lose, really. No one expects us to get playoffs. So hopefully we sort of, we have a go and try and entertain the fans. I'd rather us, 
you know, I try and have a go at them and get beat two or three nil, then sort of sit back all game and, and try and nick one and end up getting beat one nil and think, you know, what if? Um, but, you know, it's, it's even though it's weird to say it for teams sort of mid, high, mid table, it's sort of a real six pointer for us at the moment, um, especially with uh, Fulham just one point above us. So it'll um, it'll have sort of massive impact on both teams, I'd imagine, going forward, um, especially, as you mentioned earlier, with, with us having some fairly winnable games. I know there's no easy games in the championship, but sort of favourable games coming up. So if we can get a, a result against Fulham, um, it'll sort of fill me with confidence for these next few weeks and, you know, see where that takes us. And finally, uh, Kevin, Leeds face a trip to Birmingham City against Jim Franco Zola's team. They managed to get a win against Wolves, although it wasn't convincing at all. <laughs> I guess you're going to be quite confident about this one. Uh, never confident, Jake, really, um, about a Leeds victory. You always hope for one, but you're never confident. Uh, I don't think it really matters about the performances now with the 12 games to go. I think it's just results that count now, really. Um, yeah, Birmingham obviously made a ridiculous um, decision in sacking Rowett a, um, a few weeks back, and Zola. I don't know. I don't think he's got an understanding of what the championships all about these days. He's, like you said, he had a very lucky victory on Friday. Um, they sort of hung on uh, with ten men, but um, yeah, it's going to be a tricky game. It's on TV again, another TV game on Friday night. So it's a trip to Birmingham on Friday for Leeds fans. Um, I think it'll be a tough game because uh, they'll be buoyed by that victory. Obviously, uh, they've got some good players in the team. They were doing they were doing quite well under Rowett, to be honest with you. They were looking like a, a playoff candidate themselves at one time, but now they're looking behind the shoulders. Um, you know, um, at the relegation um, end of the table. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm fairly confident as long as um, going back to the Pablo Hernandez situation. If if you, Gary's got to look at the pitch and decide if. If it's a, a pitch that Hernandez can sort of work his magic on, if not, he's got to go for roof. I think. So I think the team selection is going to be key. If he gets the team selection right, I think we we'll, we could come away with a nice victory. We, our away form's fairly decent this season. Seven wins away from home is, is fairly good. So yeah, I'd be fairly confident uh, of getting at least the victory, and uh, then we've got Fulham. Um, you know. Uh, midweek after that and that's going to be a very tough game if we get four points from the next two games I'll be very happy going into two home games against QPR and Brighton so yeah that's the way to look at it I think and with that we are out of time so if you'd like to tell people where they could reach you or any projects you're involved in now would be a good time Right, yeah, Kevin Markey, uh, editor of Legion United Mad, uh, Twitter, Legion United underscore Mad. Um, join me on there and I have a look at the updates. Also, watch out for Made in Leeds TV. They do a programme called All Leeds, Aren't We? Uh, every Friday at 7 o'clock with the LUTV commentator Tom Kerwin and his guests. That's on Sky Channel 117. Uh, and Leeds fans can tune into that. It's a, it's a good watch. Um, yeah, and uh, let's hope it's a good end to the season, all Leeds fans out there. Yeah, I'm uh, James Vickers. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers. I write and contribute for at Deepdale Digest, which is a Preston North End fan blog on Twitter. Um, hopefully in the next few weeks we'll be starting a podcast, which will be sort of a, a weekly a weekly podcast as well. So definitely look out for that and uh, and give that a follow. Um, and yeah, hopefully, as, as Kevin said, but with regards to Preston, hopefully it's a good end for Preston to the season as well. 
And you could get my uh, personal Twitter feed at Jake Jack with two N's. All right, for EPL Index and the Boot Room. So check both of them out. Um, but yeah, with that, I just want to thank both Kevin and James for coming on the podcast and thank all of you for listening. We hope you join us again soon. <laughs>